welcome to the F1 Strategy Report for Apex Race Manager, the mobile strategy game. On this week's edition, the season-ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, Nico Rosberg is the 2016 Formula One World Champion, and has Ferrari finally made a good strategy call? That's all to come in this, the year's final edition of the Strategy Report. My name's Michael Laminato, and my guest this week for the Championship Edition, that sounds good, of the Strategy Report, is Nathan Harper, the man behind Beer Mogul Games and, of course, Apex Race Manager. Nathan, how are you? I'm very well, Michael. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm happy that we've got a result for the Championship. I'm happy Yay. after 21 races, Formula 1 gets to take a break. A little bit sad we don't <laughs> have Formula 1, but what a race to tie it up. It was pretty special, wasn't it, in, yeah. in a few different ways, and in, in some unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of unexpected, depending on who you ask. Uh, maybe we're naive, according to at least two people in the paddock, if we did not <laughs> expect what happened in this race. But I'm willing to I'm willing to have just sat back and enjoyed what came to us without having to to say one way or the other what should or could have happened. Uh, it is Nico Rosberg. I think. Well, we've gotten maybe, maybe a whole minute through this podcast without saying Nico Rosberg is yeah, the no world spoilers. champion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> hashtag no spoilers or hashtag according to someone on Twitter, not my champion, <laughs> which is a bit hard. Harsh, That's very I inappropriate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because uh, look, let's let's put this out there first of all before we can get into the strategy of this race. The only winner there's ever been of a world champion uh, of a world championship is the one who scored the most points, and Nico yes. Rosberg's done a very very good job of scoring the most points this year. He has, and I think others are you, you know uh, counting back on race wins and all this sort of stuff mm-hmm. just because they're you know not happy with. Uh, The one that actually got the most points. Yeah, let's not forget, 2008, Hamilton had fewer wins than Massa. (laughs) Felipe Massa is hashtag my champion. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, would have been a nice way to send him off too. Uh, Yeah, if we (laughs) respectively gave him a championship. (laughs) Massa, just a nice, have this one, don't tell anyone. Surely Lewis could have given him one that he's not using anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, that's true. At least that car wasn't the crashed car. It was the crashed car, but they repaired it for him. Oh, they did, did they? Yeah, well, it was the same car he raced in Abu Dhabi, it turns out. So they did repair it, and he didn't crash it. So (laughs) that was... I'm sure he would have been thinking about that as he raced his way to the end of that Grand Prix, (laughs) going, I've got to take this one home. (laughs) don't want to stuff this. Now, we looked at the race proper. Well, actually, let's start with qualifying, uh, as we do tend to do. Mm. Uh, Once again, we see that Red Bull Racing is just trying to annoy everyone a little bit, in particular Mercedes and their strategists, uh, by choosing the, let's say, non-preferred tyre in Q2. Q2 is the, Mm. the... segment of qualifying where you you if you if you qualify in the top 10 you choose the tire you start the race on when everyone else is using the ultra soft which is the fastest tire available this weekend they went for the super soft and only one of their drivers however really ended up using it but i think what's nice is that uh because i i suppose part of the reason because we have these three tires this year and part of the reason because of this rule we do get these nice little variations and things to talk about even on a saturday not just the sunday as you know michael all year i've been waiting for it to actually make a (laughs) difference you know i was so excited about it i thought this is going to be a real strategic element that people can use Mm. and we had well it started off with those you know farcical qualifying Mm -hmm. that was this year wasn't it was that this year? Yeah, it was this year. Ah, yeah, the qualifying format. The yeah, crazy so qualifying ago, for the first couple of races. Yeah, you almost don't remember <laughs> Seems it. like a whole year ago. Yeah. Um, but then during the year, Red Bull tried it on a couple of times and it didn't make a scrap of difference. Mm. Either it rained the next day and it was all thrown away anyway, or the race came about and 
for whatever reason, it didn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, that's why I was really excited to see them do it again this time. And at the end of the day, it did make it quite a big difference for one of them, at least, right? Yeah, but by accident, I suppose. That's <laughs> only because uh, Max Verstappen Only because he spun. spun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he lost control. Corner. Oh, he got bu- he bumped into Nico Hulkenberg. At the time, he said Hulkenberg didn't leave enough space. Probably reflected on the fact he was on the inside of the corner and didn't need any space. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he spun and ended up actually using that super soft tyre, which should have had a longer race distance and did have a longer race distance in the ultra soft, uh, to execute a one-stop strategy. No such luck for Daniel Ricciardo, however. If there's mm. one theme in strategy this year it's that ricardo seems to uh, how's this for a hashtag conspiracy get poorer strategies out of red bull racing not intentionally of course just by accident when they're trying to test the waters uh, and it happened again he qualified ahead of verstappen an excellent third uh was ahead of him on the track of course because verstappen spun and then ended up behind him after the strategies yeah it's quite bizarre isn't it i'm, I'm not sure how whenever there's two and one's really not going to work dan will end up on that strategy you can guarantee it they just trust him to do his best on the, mm. the less good strategy. You know? They've got a lot of trust <laughs> in his ability. But do you think that he um, he did that first, the first pit stop to actually get off those super softs? Um, he probably could have gone longer, right? But he ended up going quite short. And maybe it was because he was boxed in by the Ferraris at the time? Yeah, there are a couple of things at play here. So mm. to paint the picture, once the race started, Daniel Ricciardo stopped on lap 9. This is after Hamilton stopped on lap 7 and Rosberg and Vettel on lap 8. Uh, and Raikkonen on lap 7, I should say, as well, for the context of this. And because the pack was really close together at this point, and we mm-hmm. find out a little bit later why it was that Hamilton was pushing everybody so close <laughs> together, and also because the performance difference between the Ultrasoft and the Supersoft wasn't that huge... Uh, when Ferrari stopped, they were essentially going for an undercut of Daniel. Mm. And Red Bull Racing decided that the possible advantage of the Supersoft, because apparently no one really knew how long it could go, uh, weren't enough. They didn't want to test it. They just wanted to play into Ferrari's game. Not unlike the way that Ferrari and Red Bull played into each other's games in uh, 2010, when both of them lost world championships for Mark Webber and Fernando Alonso, because yeah. they were too busy thinking about their strategies and not about everything else. Uh, and it turned out that as Max Verstappen showed, because he went until lap 21 because he was already so far down what did he have to lose the tyre went fine yeah he had to drive a bit slow but he ended up in fourth after going all the way down the Mm. order so it was interesting because in practice everyone said ah the super soft's not much good Mm. no one's gonna no one's gonna really use that turned out to be the pivotal race time I don't think they even picked many for the weekend right I think they Mm. all took maybe one or two sets no most of them picked very few as you say Mm. Uh, and in the end most of them most drivers used them at least most that were trying to get somewhere with strategy neither of the Mercedes cars did because well they had no reason to Uh, and the top Mm. 10 because they were already on two stops with the ultra soft I suppose but yeah the movers in the bottom 10 certainly got a kick out of them in the the last half of the race and certainly Sebastian Vettel created a lot of tension by choosing that super soft tyre at the very end of the Grand Prix but to get there first we have to go through exactly how we got to a position that Sebastian Vettel potentially could have ruined the world championship aspirations of of Nico Rosberg (laughs) Uh, because Lewis Hamilton was taking strategy upon himself in this Grand Prix uh, and not in a way that certainly the Mercedes pit wall was happy to see because his entire mission throughout the Grand Prix was to go (laughs) as slowly as possible and this is 
mean, this was really slow. This was like two or three seconds a lap slower to the point where the whole field never got a chance to really break up like we normally see. It was fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised that the, at how blatantly he was doing it. Mm, and he'd, yeah. he'd speed up on the long straights mm. so they couldn't get near him. And then he would uh, yeah, just back right off through the slow parts of the track. I think at one stage he did... Um, I think it was near the end of the race when he was on a really light fuel mm-hmm. load. He did a lap that was nine seconds slower <laughs> than his qualifying lap. <laughs> <laughs> it really was that blatant. And now to give credit to Hamilton, other than you know doing what he had to do to get the championship and, and managing the race, because it must be... I can only imagine it must be hard to drive such managed slow speeds and avoid being overtaken. Mm. Like, to, to drive slowly deliberately and keep position must be tricky. Uh, he did it in a way that managed to evade sanction from his own team. This is a, this is a strategy we've never talked about on this show before mm. because he knew that Mercedes was willing to pit Rosberg first, give him the undercut, if they sniffed mm. that Hamilton was doing this. So he drove slow enough in the first and second stints that you couldn't really tell, and Rosberg fell behind Verstappen in one of them, which we'll talk about in a moment. But it was mm. in the last stint. After all, the stops that happened after which he could not be punished <laughs> they couldn't undercut said, him <laughs> yeah exactly he said oh i reckon i'll pull up the handbrake right about now <laughs> yeah it was very well done and i also liked how open he was over the radio about it mm. as well yeah yeah <laughs> each time they were pointed out to him he'll be like ah, i'm fine with this pace thank you mm, yeah yeah and in fact one of <laughs> come again one of them where they were <laughs> saying that sebastian vettel was a threat to pass him he said well, I'm losing the world championships. I don't really mind losing a race. I reckon Mercedes might have mind. Yeah, yeah, it was very well done. He did it. Uh, he did it in a classic Lewis style. Mm. It was. Uh, it was. A, a, a villainous sort of end, I suppose. It was very conniving of him, very clever, I suppose. He did what he had to do. It had been raised before, and I wonder if Christian Horner hadn't suggested it if he'd have thought about it. Probably he would have. Mm. It was controversial, though. It was it divided opinions. What was your what was your your take on other than the fact it gave us a fantastic spectacle? Was it fair on his teammate? You know what? I I swung and I, I still am swinging back <laughs> back and forth on it. Um, during the race, I was anxious uh, because I did I, I wanted to see a new world champion mm-hmm. and so I thought it was a good opportunity and I, I really wanted Nico to get over the line so I was getting really angry and I'm like this is just <laughs> bad sportsmanship mm-hmm. it's like you know there's nothing good about this uh, it was nearly 1.30 in the morning <laughs> on uh, Monday um, but then it, it kind of settled in a bit and I thought you know what that would have been such a boring race mm-hmm. because <laughs> he would have been miles out in front Rosberg would have been sitting three four five seconds behind him mm-hmm. and then there would have been a five second gap mm-hmm. to the rest of them and it would have been really uneventful and it was so exciting mm. it was so good to see the action in there the other guys were um you know, almost falling over themselves. It was a little bit comical, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> Lewis is probably sitting up there going, come on, guys. <laughs> I, I want you to pass us. Just come on. <laughs> and no one no one could do it. No one wanted to do it. No. I thought it was... It, it put Mercedes in a very interesting situation because listening to Toto Wolff and Paddy Lowe afterwards, the, the, the grand bosses mm. of the Formula 1 team, their approach to every race has always been, of course, Constructors' Championship first. They won the Constructors' Championship, but the rules never change mm. because that's what is the fairest way you have the same rule for every race and their rule is always that they must get a one two finish and their defense mm. is that that's always been the rules uh but i guess on the other hand and hamilton has i suppose a, a point here is that by 
asking for that, they are in effect influencing the championship fight between the two of them because a one-two would guarantee Nico Rosberg yeah. the finish. So I thought it was re- a really interesting philosophical question for this race. Catch I think twenty-two. Yeah, and Toto Wolff said there's something they'll have to think about over the over the summer uh, when they're possibly you know docking Lewis some pay or something like that. Yeah. But the, it was a really interesting situation. Yeah, I really hope they don't do anything after that. I, I don't think that's um that's a positive thing for the sport and i don't mm. think it's a positive thing for either lewis or nico if they suddenly start um you know reprimanding people and uh you know fining them or whatever mm-hmm. they're planning to do yeah and certainly no good for the people who operate mercedes social media pages because <laughs> they don't need that kind of abuse i've seen some of it they're already, already getting it <laughs> <laughs> and, all, and all nico rossi was win the championship my goodness imagine if they they penalize lewis hamilton i think it would all be over Ooh. for them yes. uh the man who was the second part in this act of lewis hamilton's was uh sebastian vettel for mm. ferrari now, usually when we talk about Ferrari on this program, and I say usually because it's been <laughs> literally since round one when we had you on last, it's because it's Ferrari has, <laughs> yeah, has completely ruined their race. They've done something stupid. They've not understood the race. They've blown yep. a strategy call. But in Abu Dhabi, not so. In fact, they made possibly the strategy call of the race along with Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen's one stop because they ended on the super soft and that what brought us all this tension. Yes, yeah, it was fantastic. It was a really good move. Um, I question whether it was a Ferrari move or a Sebastian Vettel move. <laughs> um, and I did hear that radio call when um, the others had pitted and he knew that he'd been undercut and he was just like, mm-hmm. well, what are we going to do now, guys? Um, mm-hmm. And it was almost, it was very similar to the Verstappen situation, right? Where it was mm-hmm. like, well, we've got nothing to lose now. We could we could pit like normal and we'll come out in six or whatever it is. Or mm-hmm. we could just try something crazy. But I would like to point out that I did see a tweet from you, Mr. Laminato, mm. uh, about halfway through the race <laughs> with a very sarcastic tweet about... Uh, Ferrari's race strategy Uh. and it it came good (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that I'll take that as a like (laughs) well I think it was something to someone that said something to the effect that it really is I mean for we as let's be honest even on this program right now only 30 seconds ago Mm. we opened with applause of Ferrari by saying how bad they've been all year (laughs) so we do have to balance the light including the the first half of this race yeah well exactly for most of the race they're kind of like well I don't know what we're doing just do what everyone else is doing and then, yeah, possibly by Sebastian Vettel's hand, they said, well, let's have a go. And they had a go, and it worked out. They finished it. Possibly could have won... Well, actually, look, it's ambitious to say could have won this race because the circumstances in which Sebastian Vettel was challenging mm. for the podium were extremely specific to Lewis Hamilton yes. slowing everybody down. But potentially... And, and I got the sense it was a bit tentative as well, the way he was approaching them. Well, you want to talk conspiracy number two. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel is... I don't know what... I don't know what you think nationality is on his passport but as far as I know it's the same as Nico Rosberg's isn't it? Conspiracy same as Mercedes uh, nationality as well my Mm. goodness we've unearthed and where's he driving next year? oh no not with them with the Italians well unfortunately for him I suppose Uh, but it was that was one of the things that were raised I think it was all 
a bit nonsense though because I thought what was a, a fantastic backfiring of this strategy or an extra twist to this story was that part of the reason he didn't try to or he didn't try too hard let's say to overtake Nico Rosberg because Lewis Hamilton was so close in front of him that he didn't mm. think he could do it without hitting Lewis <laughs> yes. which imagine a situation where the tension builds Hamilton is, is leading the race Vettel's going for a pass and could deny Rosberg the championship and just cleans up Hamilton and Rosberg goes through and wins the Grand Prix oh, what an ending that would have been hilarious right, right as Lewis was brake checking them yet again <laughs> I'm writing to Ron Howard immediately I'm going to get this made um, I thought the other interesting uh, Ferrari pit strategy was the way that they managed to block the Ferrari exit of uh, the, the Mercedes exit of the pits in both of mm. their pit stops both of their first two yes. pit stops it was very impressive absolutely yeah and this was actually potentially a really important part mm. of this Grand Prix because when Hamilton came into pit Kimi Raikkonen also pit on the mm. same lap he was just far enough back yeah. to block him exiting his pit box exactly so Hamilton was held in his pit box I think for another second or so which meant he, he had a slow stop in essence and then Rosberg mm. came in one lap later and he was only a second and a half I think I'm right in saying down or thereabouts yeah something like that yeah and so suddenly he's been gifted a second and a half and he comes in mm. the pits and everyone's thinking, well, if he emerged in front of Hamilton here, mm. it's anyone's game. I mean, you know, obviously the championship picture was largely unchanged, but if he's leading the race, that's fascinating. But unfortunately for him, same thing happened with Sebastian He Vettel. got it even worse. Yeah, in fact, he <laughs> lost another extra second. And at the end of the day, he got stuck behind Max Verstappen, who was one-stopping. And this was the, the primary point of tension in this race before the last 18 laps in which Sebastian Vettel was threatening to undo everything. It was the fact that he was stuck behind Max Verstappen, who'd started mm. in the sixth. And Rosberg even said, well, I didn't think I'd be seeing Max on the track today after all their various <laughs> encounters up to this point. And he had to pass him. But imagine the tension in that cockpit, knowing Max Verstappen's the man you've got to pass to potentially win the championship. It was fantastic, wasn't mm. it? And But, but he, he was actually in last at one point, right? Yeah, well, he dropped all the way. Where's my... Yeah, yeah. my laptop. If, if he not must last, have dropped then to the essentially back. last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, he, yeah, he, he spun all the way to the back. And, yeah, because he was... Yeah, and he was passing manners. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was fantastic. And I think... Um, Max did a good job of, um, of of racing pretty fairly as mm. well, right? So he was still aggressive on the track, but he didn't do the didn't uh, yeah, yeah. didn't run the wrath of the the Max Verstappen rule. <laughs> yeah, it was very fair play, and I think it really does go to show that Max Verstappen. Well, I guess it's rare that we talk about Max Verstappen in a defensive context. Mm. Normally, it's about. Uh, I mean, other than that win he got into Spain, I suppose I should give him credit for that. Yeah, yeah. And all those moves under breaking. Yeah, and all that. Well, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk about him negatively usually in defensive manoeuvres, but yeah. this was a really great piece of racing. Possibly one of the, I want to say, action of the year. Maybe not necessarily the greatest mm. series of moves, though it was very exciting, but purely because that was such a tense moment for the outcome of this race. It was so much hanging off it. Yeah, like, I, my knuckles were white watching that because it just looked like they were... It just looked like they were coming together. I could already see it in my mind. Yeah. Punctured wheel, suspension broken. Nico Rosberg walks off into the sunset. We never see him again. And, and when Rosberg got in front of him down the second um, DRS straight mm. there because Max just didn't get the entry onto the straight that he was looking for, mm. they, they shot it from kind of in front of the cars... Mm. And it looked like he was going to clip the back of him, like mm. when Max cut across the back of him and there's all sparks flying out everywhere. <laughs> it really looked like he'd hit him. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. You, you completely understand that Nico Rosberg... I reckon, I reckon 
50% of his emotion after the race was winning the championship. The other 50% was still from that <laughs> overtaking maneuver. I passed Max. Yeah, completely out of breath. Feels a bit sick. Probably had a bit of a... It felt like he had to have a bit of a vomit at some point because it was just too much too much stress. In a change of underwear. Yeah, oh, I reckon so. That would have been done subtly somewhere along the way, I suspect. <laughs> uh, but those were the, the key points that really made this Grand Prix. Uh, another point I think that's worth pointing out, just for its... I guess it's, it's, it's nice value was the fact that Felipe Massa at the end of this race uh, running a very conventional strategy which was the ultra soft to two stints on the soup on on the soft mm. I beg your pardon uh, defended from Alonso who did the same but had the Sebastian Vettel strategy at the end on the super soft tyre so theoretically was much quicker but a nice yeah. little I guess moment of closure for him in, in the sense that he had to defend yes of all people yeah exactly <laughs> of all the people defending against Fernando Alonso the man who though not yes. necessarily by his own doing brought him a great deal of pain over the course of their relationship <laughs> yeah yeah I thought that was fantastic and it was a good way for him to go out when um you know, that car just hasn't been performing in the whole mm-hmm. second half of the year, basically, or maybe the whole year, um, to actually see him, um, you know, hold his head up and, and come home with some points um, in front of his teammate, mm-hmm. even though his teammate retired, yes. and uh, in front of Fernando Alonso was, uh, yeah, that was pretty special. Mm. Yeah, exactly, and it was it was a nice... Uh a nice way to round out a career of a very nice man. We talked about this in, in the previous episode, of course, the Brazilian Grand Prix, which <laughs> I'd say was his de facto retirement mm, race. The other retirement. But uh, yeah, and we must touch on as well, uh, purely because this is the, the last episode of the series, last episode of the season two, uh, that it was Jensen Button's last race. Now, he didn't do yes. very many laps at all. In fact, he had a zero stop strategy, but I can tell you he had a many wine strategy, <laughs> judging by some of his behavior after the race and on live television. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so you saw Ted's notebook as well <laughs> oh I did see the Ted's notebook I saw there's a great interview of him uh, with Channel 4 with David oh. Coulthard and Mark Webber in which he's really he's really enjoying retirement <laughs> even after the race has only just finished uh, a, a, a good ending for him dare I say as well he seemed very happy yes yeah yeah and I, I'm actually very happy for him because he really seems like um, the time is right mm. and um, my guess is he's probably going to do some really interesting stuff next year that was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, really. We had a combination of strategies at the end of the day, all of which were were altered in their effectiveness by the fact that Lewis Hamilton was artificially slowing down the entire Formula One grid. And teams learnt as well that they should not be afraid of the super soft tyre because it can bring fantastic results. Only asked Romain Grosjean, who jumped Esteban Gutierrez on poor Esteban's last chance to score points. Uh, it was an inter-team battle and he could not do anything. And, and Gutierrez goes home with zero points this year. Uh, uh, and possibly no contract. Yeah, yeah. So he's one of the guys that uh, yeah doesn't have anywhere to go, does he? Mm, absolutely. It's between him, Pascal Verlein, and Felipe Nasser. None of whom scored any points at this last Grand Prix. Nasser scored points only once. Likewise, Pascal Verlein. So it's a fight on between all of them to get uh, the remaining seats in this season. But if you look back on the season as a whole, when we started, I think we thought maybe this season was going to be perhaps a little bit closer than it was Mm. but again if we think about our expectations of the year the Pirelli rule change which was possibly the biggest rule change of the entire season allowing three different tyre compounds as we saw in this race really proved great for the spectacle in situations where maybe the win wasn't up for grabs but second place or a shot at the podium was and as we saw exactly in this race all three tyre compounds often came into play yeah 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 it really was fantastic and you know they even did you know back in the Australian race as well 
and um, mm-hmm. it really that was what what brought Ferrari unstuck when they I was I was sitting in the stand at uh, at turn one after the red flag and saw um, mm-hmm. our friend Sebastian Vettel come back out on Supersofts and just went oh my <laughs> god what are they doing <laughs> they had the Mercedes parked right in front of them <laughs> with yellow tires on it yeah. <laughs> what are you doing you could have just looked guys <laughs> just just look just have a, it's not cheating it's not a test mm. it's just a race mm. it was really the genesis of the entire season uh, in that sense uh, what we also saw though which I think has been really fascinating to watch in the second half of this year is that after the championship was essentially done once Red Bull Racing well Ferrari realized Ferrari should have realized a long uh, a long time ago they weren't in contention maybe it took them a little while but when Red Bull Racing realized in a more realistic fashion that race wins were going to be few and far between the second half of the year the way they've used their strategies as we alluded to at the start mm. of the show to essentially deliberately annoy Mercedes not just for entertainment value it's been very entertaining <laughs> though but to find out how Mercedes reacts how their strategists work around the curveballs they mm. throw, all in anticipation of 2017 when they think they will be racing directly with Mercedes, means that the second half of this year, as much as been about the Drivers' Championship, has been a big strategic setup to 2017. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like they've been performing, you know, bizarre mental tests on, mm. the, uh, on the Mercedes strategists just, just to see where they might be a bit soft or where, where they're mm. going to crack. Yeah, in the future. exactly. Just to see where James Vale, what James Vale is going to do. We've seen, yeah, for here, for example, splitting their strategies, Max Verstappen one stopping, perpetually, essentially trying to find out what will trigger Mercedes to follow the Red Bull car into the pits or mm. to make a move that might nece- not necessarily be in their best interests. And that's the really fascinating stuff because we know Red Bull racing strong on strategy, and we know Mercedes. Well, I haven't really been particularly tested over the last three years, yeah. but we know they've got a really clever guy heading up strategy. So as much as we could have a big aero and engine battle next year, I think one of the really fascinating battles, if the cars end up being evenly matched, is going to be the strategy between these two teams because it's going to come down more often than not when you've got four cars to the strategy. You're right, you're right. It's going to be very exciting and hopefully uh, Ferrari get their act together from a strategy <laughs> perspective in the off-season as well. Um, and all three of them could well could well be uh, right up there. I reckon they just need to hire Sebastian Vettel to be their strategist and race driver. He's quite good. Mm, he does all right. <laughs> you know, when you ask him, he's often done better than the team itself, which is probably yeah. relatively telling. Which is no simple task when you're out there driving <laughs> at 300 kilometres an hour to keep track of what everybody else is doing and try and work out their strategies. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, all those teams unfold, how they deal with the battles next season. It's been an interesting year, though. It's been an interesting 2016. Uh, it's the end of a regulatory era, possibly the end of the Mercedes era. We've seen the end of the Hamilton era, unless he comes back again next year, and this only proves to be a blip. What was your highlight of the year? Ooh, I'm having flashbacks now. I, You know what? Um, as much as I'm a Dan Ricciardo fan, to see Max step up to the main team and get his win on debut, that was pretty mm, special. One of the, the milestone moments of Very Formula impressive. 1, really. Youngest ever winner. That'll probably never be beaten, you'd think, mm. considering that, what is he, six years old now? Who's <laughs> ever going to do that again? Uh, and how he develops next season. Whoa. It's going to be fascinating. And, of course, the way the, the way we were able to see the shoey evolve <laughs> over the year was pretty special as well. 
<laughs> oh, for people who anyone who's in contention for a podium next year must be dreading the idea that Daniel <laughs> Ricciardo would be win. competitive. Oh, that's just it adds a new twist to the competitive nature of these guys. I think at the very top, and it's just it was just such an evolution <laughs> of the shoey through Australian motorsport mm. as well, right? So it started in the V8 Utes, then it was David Reynolds in V8 mm. Supercars, it went to Jack Miller in mm. MotoGP, and through to Dan. It's just yeah. been yeah, it is. It's become the new defining trade of Australian motorsport and I don't know how I feel about <laughs> it but it's it's here to stay and it's all we can really say about it it's all we know for sure uh, we will find out in 2017 uh, Nathan it's been a pleasure to have you on the program on your program in some respects where can people find you thank you Michael uh, you can find me at beer mogul on Twitter uh, we've got a little game. It's mm. called Apex Race Manager because it's not allowed to be called Formula Legend mm. anymore. It's on iOS and Android. We also got a little game called uh, uh, V8 Race Manager that we released this year mm. as well, which uh, allows you to have just as much fun with V8 Supercars. Mm. And it must be noted, both of those games have beat the official Formula One game to Android. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story for everybody. But not to be plastered all over the uh, uh, the Apple featured page. like No, well. Like the F1 game has been for the last couple of weeks. No, it's okay. We've been around for longer. That's all. <laughs> Nathan, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure to be able to watch Formula One season in 2016 as well. Uh, we'll see you in 2017. Okay, see you. That's all the time we have for this edition, and in fact, the year of the strategy report. If you want to read more about the strategy of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, you can go to f1strategyreport.com and read Jack Leslie's write-up of all the action from the Yas Marina circuit. Or search for F1 Strategy Report on Facebook and Twitter. With almost four months until the next Grand Prix in Australia, download Apex Race Manager, the mobile strategy game available on iOS and Android, and fulfil all your strategy dreams, including mistakes like those made by Ferrari. My name's Michael Laminato. You can find me at Michael Laminato on Twitter. The last thing that remains is to thank Beer Mogul Games and Nathan Harper for supporting the podcast throughout 2016, even for the races where not much strategy did happen. And of course to you, thank you so much for your company over the 2016 season on the Strategy Report. Until the 2017 season, it's bye for now. (laughs) 